What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-hosts Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go, go, go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. Y'all, we have, as y'all can see, we've been on a good little run here, tapping in. We got some exciting stuff on the way. I don't know if we're going to spill the candy on this episode, but just know, stay tapped in because Melanin Money got some exciting stuff on the way. And, and why not have an exciting guest, right, as we are on our journey to elevating the excitement of the show? And today we have a wonderful guest by the name of Devon Reeves, how you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Feeling good? I feel feeling like good? equity oh, like your shirt. That's what I'm feeling. We got we, you know, of course, we got Cartier Carter and Jack Pod Jacqueline as well. How y'all feeling? Feeling amazing. Feeling, feeling amazing, man. It feels good to be back uh doing another show, you know. Um, and then yeah. so this is gonna be a great one. Um, because I, I did my research, I'm like, you owning a hotel. Wait a second. Yeah, we got to get into it. We got real estate is my thing, but a hotel, slow down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Your little short-term rental is cute and all, but, you know, we, we, we own the whole building. You know what I mean? So <laughs> let's get, I feel, I feel like it's going to be like a battle of like real estate because we've had, and we've had Kamoy on here. He does the short term. We had, uh, what's my guy? Don't name Brian. job. Don't name job. Brian. Uh, we, we, had, we, had, we had Brian here with the, with the, with the, uh, the event, the, event spaces. Okay. Right. Who else have we had on real estate front? I don't know. But anyway, so excited to talk about hotels. This is major stuff. So Jacqueline always likes to start the podcast off by us getting your, your backstory, right? Because we don't go from, you know, from zero to a hundred overnight. That's what social media likes us to believe. Right. But tell us kind of, give, give us a little bit of the backstory on how you got from where you are now, or just kind of how you started to now owning, you know, hotels, right? That's, that's pretty major, right? So give us a little backstory. See, Jacqueline, she's she the only woman on here. So, you know, she in, within the group, I see. So she holding down the fort. So that's why. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, see, for sure. I, I already see who the brain's behind it. You don't have Come to. On, here we go. Here we go. I gas her up. I already start. know. I just got to give. I, 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 I got to give my girl her props. You see the little women. Women. Okay. Look, we're going to let y'all live. You know, so <laughs> we're going to let y'all do y'all thing. <laughs> but um, I actually got my start off as a front desk agent. Um, at the Hyatt Regency Atlanta in uh, downtown Atlanta. Um, I went I, while I was in school. So I worked full time, went to school full time. Um, I will have never do that again. So if I had to go back to my mm-hmm. younger self, it would be to work part time and go to school full time. Um, that would have been done. Um, so I worked at the Hyatt for about six and a half years, even after I graduated. Um, and I wanted to become a general manager at the time. I thought that was the highest thing you could do. I didn't know you could own a hotel because the Hyatt owned it. So I just never thought you owned it. I thought the Hyatt owned all the Hyatt's, the Marriott on the Marriott's and so forth, so forth. And so I joined this organization called, um, the American Hotel Lodging Association, um, under 30 gateway. It was an organization for hotel professionals under 30. And it was, this was after I graduated and some of the members of this organization, they already own hotels. And I'm like, wait, what? You own hotels? Like under 30? These, under 30. Wow. And they were developing hotels, like CEOs of company. I'm like, and I thought I was doing something. No. Mm-mm. 
Well, they inherited hotels. Gotcha. Yikes. I said, oh, so you on a different level. I thought I was doing yeah. that. Am I leaving me yeah. a house? But y'all, y'all, y'all folks leaving y'all hotels. You know hotels. what I mean? That's right. the whole. So I was like, oh, so I got real humble. But they didn't nobody look like me, right? So it was, you know, people from Indian descent. I think one of my friends, you know, Hispanic. So it was just a different world. And I said, so I learned about the transactional side of hotels, basically where the money was being made. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, okay, I want to get to this side. I want to get to where the money is. Right. We said that shirt, the equity. I said, okay, let, 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 yeah. let me get to that side. Right. And um, so I, I, I couldn't get into the transactional side because I didn't have any experience. All my experiences in operations. And so I had to take a non-paid internship um, in order to get, because I was so hungry. I was like, okay, I want to become a hotel owner. You know, it wasn't YouTube out like it is now. Google out wasn't like it. Podcast, you know, it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, so I was like, okay, well, what can I do? It wasn't like a roadmap or a blueprint or, you know, take an online course real quick and figure it out. So I had to, um, so I took this non-paid internship because I figured what's the best way of getting a hotel ownership is to work for hotel owners, right? Fair enough. Go figure. <laughs> right. So nobody would, I would try to get jobs and nobody would take me because I didn't have like real estate or finance or economics. So that's why I took the non-pay internship. I was there for like three months. I worked there in the morning, work at the Hyatt at night so I could pay my bills because I was out of college. So you know how that 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 worked. Like once you out, like you got to pay your own stuff, right? So yeah. uh, so I did that for about three months. They, the my of uh, uh, non-paid internship, they kept me on. It was a consulting firm, so that's where I learned about commercial real estate. That's where I learned about um, the ca- building capital stacks, learning the difference between debt and equity. Um, so I was just fascinated about it, performers, financials, all that fun stuff. And so I wanted to stay there full time, so I, I did. So I was there for about two years, and I moved to Boston. I worked for a larger firm, so at that time I was managing my portfolio was probably about a billion dollars in hotels that I was over that I was overseeing or helping to oversee. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Boston was cold. It wasn't a lot of people who looked like me at my firm. Matter of fact, I was the only black person at my firm that I think about it. Um, it was a great, great company, but you know, mm-hmm. I need, I need just a little bit more melanin, just a little, a little bit, bit more melanin. Shout out to melanin money. Too much. You know? You, know, yeah. you know, I mean, Boston was cool, but where I lived, it was not a lot. Yeah. Where I lived. There was, was a lot great. of, a lot of cauliflower in this. Okay. There you go. That's, that's, there you go. There you go. And so, um, and then I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I just never like had it in me. Like I was always, you know, cause I was raised, you know, my dad, he retired as a fireman. My grandma retired as a nurse. So it was like, you work, retire, you know, mm. Work mm. you had it in you though. It was there. But was I ain't there. had nobody to pull it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, people were like, you know, work for the pension and you retire. And I was just right. like, hey, you know, I mean, I'm seeing people a lot older than me. And that's what that the, the path that they were going. And I was like, they look exhausted. Like they not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because working in a hotel, you get a lot of benefits. But yeah. if you're actually working, how can you enjoy the benefits? You know what I mean? Like free rooms, you know, staying at five, seven star hotels for like, you know, I want to tell you how much we saved for, but it, it wasn't what y'all paid. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, mental, mental note, we need that. We need that plug now. Don't plug. <laughs> that's, that's why I don't like saying that because I'll be getting that question. It's anyway. just like pulling out gum around black people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, listen, you done pulled it out now. You know what I'm saying? So in 2017, I formed my own company. Um, I call, It's called The Vaughn Group, um, and it's a consulting firm. And so I wanted to get more people who looked like me into the hotel ownership side. I was fortunate enough to navigate my way through the transactional side of hotels where wasn't a lot of people who looked like us. And I wanted to see more people. You know, I was, so I were meeting, you know, 
people who owned land or people who, you know, had they had the capital to actually develop a hotel, but they didn't know how to navigate it. So I was able to help them with my contacts and relationships. I was able to help them. So I created a consulting firm. Um, in 2019, um, uh, me and uh, uh, Jessica, I went to school with, we formed Epic Collective. And then we partnered with uh, Mike Ely um, and NASA Investments oh. in 2020. And that's when we um, acquired the uh, 85-room Home Two Suites in El Reno, Oklahoma. So that was the first hotel deal I did on my own, not, work, not working with Incorporate. Yeah. What's up, guys? Have you ever been just like chilling on the couch and trying to find something to watch on Netflix and you're browsing, you're scrolling and you just can't seem to find anything that you either one haven't already watched or just doesn't seem that interesting? Well, I have the solution for you, because if you're listening to the Melanin Money show, then I know that you care about taking your financial life to the next level. And that's exactly why we created Financial Flicks. So instead of Netflix and chill, you can Financial Flicks and chill and you can find on-demand videos across personal finance, wealth building, and entrepreneurship. And right now, you can test drive Financial Flicks for just a dollar by clicking the link in the show notes. Go to melaninmoney.com forward slash Financial Flicks and check out all of the on-demand videos we have, plus all the other features that you'll get access to by joining today. Little, cl- oh, little oh. clapping noise. George yeah, got oh, the- no. yeah. oh, That's the wrong one. This I'm getting it all it. wrong today. There we go. There we, go. Uh, there we didn't we hear go. it. We didn't Y'all hear it. it? Why, is, why does it do that? We're going to figure it out. Yeah, we need to get our, our sound. We'll, we'll, we'll get the soundboard down. But so, it's, yeah. It sounded like this, though. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's why we need an in-house, in-house uh, uh, audio engineer. I, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm, I know my zone of genius. <laughs> all right. That's why we edit. That's why we send out our podcast to be edited. But anyways, that was a great, great backstory. I mean. Yeah. It's not every day that we get, you know, whole hotel owners, you know. Yeah, so let's speak about that. So you started your own business, right? Um, wasn't a lot, a lot of representation. I think that's the story for a lot of us, right? It's like, you don't, Wherever there's I tell people all the time. Like yeah. if, if a George existed, right? Yeah. When I was starting my business, I might not have started a business, right? If there was someone I could have, who, who had a similar vision or like, you know, I might've, you know, might have, right? But right. it didn't exist. So alas, here we are. Right. So you started your own business. Yeah. And and tell us a little bit about like what that looks like. Like, how are you now helping other people that look like us get into the space of hotel ownership? And what does that process look like? Because I mean, I don't know about y'all, but y'all want to own some hotels or? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I'll be I would be a uh, capital partner in one for sure. That's what I mean. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. We I don't want to you know, be, desk, but I'll be all, you know, so. hey. yeah, the, the key word was own the hotel, yeah, yeah. right? We didn't say work at the hotel. He knows the drill. He know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Equity is his favorite shirt in small, by the way, for whatever reason. We do need y'all to know he works out. He really wants y'all to know, you know, so. So, Devon, please let us know how can we get in the game. Yeah. So, I, I I have a book called How to Buy a Hotel. Uh, that's a book okay. that kind of walks you through the, the process of uh, sure. yeah. And that's crazy. Nobody wrote the title. I thought that was like real crazy. But anyway, real simple. Uh, no one, no one claimed that title. That's no. Crazy. I bought the domain name and everything. I was like, really? That's the you know why? I when I bought the Melanin Money done, I was like, nobody has this. <laughs> what? Let's run the play. But I think that speaks to your point of like how much we have been passed over literally when it comes to this kind of wealth building. So the book, How to Own a Hotel, what what's the goodies inside? Come on, spill the beans. Oh, I walk you through 
And this is just like, a lot of people don't realize that hotels is actually real estate. And so real estate is an investment. So anytime, and y'all notice, anytime you make an investment, you have some type of criteria, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I walk you through, how to create your criteria because hotels or any type of real estate, it could be overwhelming. And hotels Mm -hmm. can be really overwhelming because there's so many different types of hotels. You got limited service, select service, luxury, the different brands. There's like over a hundred different brands. I, I walk you through to kind of help you, okay, let me develop a compass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, walk you through as far as how to analyze a deal, um, walk you through the mistakes that you should avoid when going through a deal. And also in my book, I have what you call um, a speaker series with different experts. So I have people who, that they're some of my investors who their first time investing in the hotel was with me. So they walk you through their process and how they got into it. Um, my business partner, Mike Ely, he's a whiz when it comes to analyzing deals. He walks you through how to analyze a hotel deal in like 20 minutes or less. And this is all visual. So this is something that wow. you read it or don't you read it. It's a it's an additional it's a, a speaker series. Um, uh, my good friend, Shannon Steele, she's a, another black female hotel owner. She walks folks through how she got into her first deal. So those are just some of the things that you look at in, in, in the book. You know what they say, man, like every, all the information you need. Is, is right there in the book. And now it's even easy. That's what they used to say like 10, 15 years ago. Now it's literally on yeah. the Instagram feed. If you're yeah. willing to, to, to consume the content or, yeah. you know, in an ebook or something else. So I, mean, I, think, I just think it's just so amazing yeah. that literally anything that you want to learn, accomplish, achieve, you're just literally one, I, one piece of information. I, th- away. I think it's even more amazing that a melanated woman has written this book. Oh, that's a fact. <laughs> so, that's thank you. Fact. so how much money let's like, let's go with like some general questions for those listening who are new to this concept entirely. So we're yeah. talking about outright purchasing real estate in the form of a hotel. So you said first kind of pick your strategy, right? So I'm thinking like motel six versus like four seasons. Is that what you mean by like pick your strategy or pick, pick your, your level? Yeah. For some reason, our community, I'm saying this from the people I met, they want to they wanna buy something that they like to stay at, which is great. Those are just really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, to a four seasons, like who doesn't want to stay to four seasons, right? Um, but four seasons are expensive. A motel mm-hmm. six is maybe something I would start off with at first, right? Maybe a choice property. They have a diversity program for minorities. Um. Mm where they help, they want to increase the percentage of African-American hotel owners. Um, Wyndham just opened, a, a, they just started a new initiative to increase the percentage of Black hotel owners called Bold. So I was started with those brands. So really what I talk a lot about is going from a consumer mindset to an owner mindset, right? Period. Um, exactly, right? And so starting from that consumer, getting something like an economy. Economy is like a super eight or a motel six. That's what you call the economy brand. It's not, it doesn't have like a restaurant in it. Um, and those hotels actually performed well during COVID. Mm. So wow. a lot of times people are like, oh, I, what I look like, you know, buying a Motel 6. I'm not going to say that. That's why you're not going to say it. you're going to own it. So it's different. And somebody <laughs> else is going to stay there. Right? right. You know what I mean? And the reason why that those hotels performed well during COVID, because you got truck drivers. You got people. I mean, truck drivers were crazy busy during COVID. Uh-huh, sure. You know, people weren't traveling as much, but those truck drivers still had to travel and they wanted some place. They needed some place to stay. So you have your Motel 6s, your Super 8s, you know, your Econo Lodge, all those different, ho- the quality ends that, and that's, and that's how a lot of people, particularly from the Indian community, they own over 60% of the hotels in the United States because of the model that I just explained to you all. They started off with the economy. 
They built their portfolio. They, so they started off with one hotel, house hat. Just like you can house hack a house, you can house hack a hotel, right? Mm. They started off with the, you know, with, 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 with one hotel, you know, get their family, everybody work, do whatever they got to do. They grow and it one, two, three. Now, now you can get to your Ritz Carlton's. Now you can get to your full service hotels because you're building, you're building and you're building your portfolio and you're, and you're leveraging, right? And you're building right. the name of this game. What I'm talking about is cash flow. The Motel 6 is quality and they're more of a cash flow because it's not as many expenses. The labor mm. model is a lot. It's, it's, it's not. And that's easier. And another model to look at is extended stay. These are the people that's coming from the multifamily world. Mm-hmm. Extended stay. That's the ones with the kitchenettes and the, that, that I have two of those in my portfolio. So those are the type of hotels that I would, from a strategic standpoint, for the people who are trying to get in from the ground floor to get their feet wet, I would look at economy, select service, right. extended stay. Okay. Okay. So oh. hold on one second. Before we skip from that, as I'm building the strategy, right, and I'm coming up with what I want this to look like, let's say I'm starting from the very, very bottom. So I need that, what you said, Motel 6 economy. What does the money that I need to be saving or building or what does that look like behind the scenes before I can even purchase the hotel? If you can get access and notice I said the word access, a lot of times people think, oh, I have to have it in my pocket. I think, you know, you mentioned it before, Carter, about capital partners, right? Mm -hmm. I've yet to see a deal where it's just one person. I think I saw one hotel deal and it was a doctor. Mm -hmm. Now she's even looking for capital partners because she wouldn't do it anymore by herself. So it's always multiple people. So it, let's say, I would say if you can pull together about a million dollars, I think that'd be good. Um, and the reason why, because if you find out, let's say if you find a hotel that's $5 million and you probably can get about what, 20%, that, that's about a million. There are some hotels that are 2 million. There are some hotels that are 3 million. So it just depends um, um, where you are location wise. Um, and it depends on the type of hotel. So I would look, when you're looking for deals, anything less than 5 million, that'll be great. Because you can mm-hmm. um, get, you know, SBA loans or working with your community bank, it makes it a little bit more attainable for you to actually buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. That, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And so, I guess when the average person, you know, hears like buying a hotel, like right, they're they're probably thinking, yeah, I got to either get access to or have, you know, millions of dollars yeah. uh, to to acquire it. I guess my question is, wait, how many like are there like real estate crowd funds where people are like putting together funds? To, in order to be able to purchase these properties, like for your smaller people that, you know, that want to get in on these deals? Oh my gosh. You know what? I just happened to create like, I'm. it's so funny that you mentioned that. It is yeah. called Vester. Yes. V-E-S-T-E-R-R.com. There you go. It is a crowdfunding platform. Uh, we are proud. We actually the first hotel crowdfunding platform. Um, yeah, I, saw, I saw your Instagram video on that. It was dope. Thank you. Yeah, and um, so not only do we ho- do we um, you can raise capital for hotels, but multifamily, daycare, senior living, anything that's commercial real estate. So, for instance, so let's say, you know, Jacqueline, she decides that she's about to buy. She wants to develop a hotel and she's going to call mm-hmm. it the Jack. It's going to be fabulous. You know, she's going to be. I like the sound of that. It's, <laughs> it's called the Jackie. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we probably going to, you know, she's probably going to need about three to five million. You know what Carter like, you know what? That sounds cute. But I'm about to be a capital partner. I'm just going to invest. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. You know, George, you like, you know what? I like that idea too. I'm going to let you put the whole deal together and I'm just going to be another capital partner. I'm going to invest. So that's essentially what crowdfunding is. It's people right. pulling their, their funds together 
to invest. And so essentially, and I created a platform because I saw that there was a need. It, I was kept meeting people who needed access to capital, but they didn't know where to go. They didn't know mm-hmm. how to find investors. And then I would meet investors who wanted to invest, but they didn't know where to go. So that's why I created Investor. Bridge the gap. I tell people, man, the entire economy is based upon the middleman, right? It's like there's a builder, there's a buyer, and there's a broker, right? Someone has to be in between connecting the dots for both people, right? And there's a place for all of us. And I love that. I mean, I, what I see in the future is that, you know, the Melanin Millionaires Club, you know, pulls their money together and then we go, you know, build out a hotel. So, you know, that's that's what I see, you know, in the near future. But now, so. and, now, and, now, and now we know where to go when we get to pull the money together. And, exactly. I, and, and I love what you said about the whole, you don't have to live in the hotel that you're going to buy. You don't, nobody asked you to go visit and stay there, right? And, you know, when I started my real estate journey, that's one of the things my real estate agent taught me was like, yo, like, because I'm used to living downtown, put us in the windows. When I was buying my first property, I'm like, yeah, let's go somewhere downtown. She's like, no, you don't have to do that. You're not going to live there. Just focus on buying something that has good cash flow and then, you know, and then work your way up and then continue to buy the block. So um, I love that, that thinking because people think Super A is like, it's not classy enough, but nobody asked you to stay there. If the cash flow is all you care about. So mm-hmm. I guess um, with that said, my question is, what is like the biggest difference you think besides, you know, between owning real estate and owning a hotel? Because some real estate owners but like, yo, I own a four, a, four, a four flat, a triplex. Let me get into this hotel game. What are some things they need to consider when trying to move from being a real estate owner to a hotel owner? What's going on, guys? George Pong here, and I am the founder of Melanin Money, the number one brand for wealth builders of color. You know, I look at wealth building like a sport. In every sport, you got to have a uniform. And so what is the official uniform for wealth builders of color? That's where Melanin Money comes in. So if you go to melaninmoney.com and use code MELANIN15, you'll get 15% off your order of the entire store. And I think you're going to absolutely love our latest editions, right? It's literally a um, productized emotion of what it feels like to build black wealth, right? But you get to wear it. um, You get to share the world, like your hard work that you're doing on this journey of building wealth. And we can't wait for you to join Team Black Wealth by shopping MelaninMoney.com. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have a personal financial advisor that you could ask questions to to help you navigate, you know, spending decisions, help you, you know, figure out investments that make sense for you to help you achieve financial success? Well, you no longer have to wonder that because we created that inside the Melanin Millionaires Club with our flagship feature, Pocket Advisor. With Pocket Advisor, it's just like it sounds. You have an advisor right in your pocket where you can ask a real expert, real questions in real time to help you navigate your journey towards financial success. So if you want to learn more about that, click the link in the show notes, go to melaninmoney.com forward slash pocket advisor to learn how you can get an advisor in your pocket for less than $2 a day. So for the folks who are in, 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 in residential or for the folks who are trying to get into the hotel space, so for my my folks who are um, in multifamily, um, getting into hotels, it's an operating business sitting on real estate. Mm-hmm. So it actually, for my folks who are in short-term rentals, it's actually probably easier for yeah. you all to transition into hotels because that's what you're, essentially that's what you're doing anyway, mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, so that's the biggest thing is just really understanding the business aspect of it. Um, and if you don't, then that's where you bring in consultants. That's where you, you know, the brands, they have different programs to help you, to support you 
to understand, you know, the finance, the revenue management strategies. So that's probably the biggest thing because hotels is real estate. So once you understand the fundamentals of real estate and once you understand the fundamentals of commercial real estate, it's easier to navigate that process. You just need to understand the business part of it. Got it. And and for people that want to get into it, right? So like, do you typically recommend that, hey, like, there's this Wyndham property or there's a program and you go out and buy one of their, their properties that are for sale. Or do you see people that literally go in, do a complete overhaul, rebrand it as something that they're passionate about the Jackie, like what, like, what do you recommend? Cause I almost feel like from a franchising standpoint, or using that, that concept, like if someone's already more familiar with like the Wyndham brand, right. It, it might make sense to just go in and maybe do the renovations, but still keep it branded to that. Right. Because people are going to know that. But do you feel like that's an issue now? Because I feel like now with platforms like Airbnb and all these other platforms, if someone can get a chance to see it and it looks like what they where they would want to go, that you would be okay rebranding it. But I'm kind of curious on your your perspective there. Well, it depends on your strategy and it also depends on the market. Right. Mm -hmm. So my hotel, I have three hotels. I have one in Indianapolis Fishers, one in Scottsburg, Indiana, and one in El Reno. El Reno and Scottsburg, there's not any Airbnbs. I don't think it's an Uber in those places. Like I'm <laughs> I have to like it's always a hassle trying to figure out how I'm gonna get to the airport. Like if yeah. somebody from the hotel has to take me, they got a range. It's always it's always the issue, right? Mm-hmm. So those towns, the Jackie Hotel may not be the best fit. <laughs> That's they they not they they not going to Scott Scottsburg, Indiana or El Reno. That's not what they're doing. They may say at that window but not Jackie, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we're talking about a place like New York City or Miami or you know Seattle or even Atlanta starting to dabble more into like the independent boutique space, then that's when you can do something like a, a Jackie. Like a, or now and also a lot of people don't realize that brands they have what you call soft brands, right? Mm. So what a soft brand is, is like a marriage of the independent hotel and the brand. So let's say, I'm just going to keep using Jackie, right? So let's say Jackie decides to develop the Jackie Hotel, mm-hmm. okay? And she's like, oh, you know, I want to make it independent. Well, independent hotels are very expensive to operate because of the marketing and you don't have the reservation system and you're competing with brands like Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt, people that have been around longer than we've been alive, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know what? This is too much. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Let me just go ahead and slap, you know, uh, um, the Hilton on my hotel. And it's going to be the Curio. It's still going to be the Jackie, but now it's going to be the, the, the Jackie by Hilton Curio. So now mm-hmm. you're tapping into the Hilton reservation system. Hilton mm-hmm. is number two in the world. So now, and not even that, she's adding more guests to her hotel because people, where they want to stay, they want to stay where they know, right? Hilton. And not even that, she can increase her rate a little bit more. Because mm, of the brand association. Exactly. Yeah. And so those fees went up. So now you do need to charge more. <laughs> right. So that, that's, that's going to lead to my next question. So number one, I'm assuming there's some level of criteria required. Like the Hilton's not going to just be like, oh, you got a cute little brand. We'll slap oh, our joint on there. Like I'm assuming there's like a whole criteria. It's a criteria. Yeah. Process the, for that. And then what is the, like, what are the fees? Like a licensing fee? Like what, like, can you, can you kind of go into that at least a little bit so people can understand? So every brand is different, but they're franchises, right? So you have to go through what is a, a franchise uh, disclosure document, FDD. Mm-hmm. That discloses all the different fees. Um, Choice and when, and it also depends on the type of brand that you're getting. If you're getting more into like the full service of luxury, those fees are, uh, a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but like choice and Wyndham, like more of an economy and limited service, you still have fees, but they're maybe not as high. 
You have right. application fees um, that you have to pay, um, you know, marketing fees to be a part of their association. So you can look up, it could be like the 10 to 15 percent with different fees that you may, you know, that you may have to pay. And that and that's just a range on all different right. things. Um, you well, know, franchise fees, the application fee, that's just like the one-time fee. And those brand, those initiatives that I was telling you about, they kind mm-hmm. of shoot work with minorities. So they want to get folks in the door to kind of help with those those fees and some of those right. costs. And it's genius for them, too, because it's like they get to scale, right, their their reach and their footprint. But you essentially have to front the capital to build the thing that you want to build. But you're leveraging their in their infrastructure and their brand power. Right. So I think it's a win win, though, because Absolutely. it's going to cost you more than 20 percent probably to have enough marketing budget. I don't you even want to know. You know, on know. a standalone. You know that's what I'm saying? Awesome. So that's, that's very intriguing. That, that really got my wheels turning. OK. Cool. Thank you. Plus, yeah, Hilton, I like that. If I'm a Hilton yeah. buyer and I have points, I want to use my Hilton points at Hilton. Oh, now you're talking spicy, you. right? There you go. Now you're talking spicy. So, so that's, that's why people. That's why people yeah. pay those. They happy to pay those franchise fees. They happy to pay those fees because that point that you just made. You're tapping into a system that's already there. People stay at Marriott. Makes no sense. Makes and so the thing sense. is, people like. I get the question, oh, Devon, do you think Airbnbs is going to take? No, I don't. I think Airbnbs and short-term rentals are going to be here to stay, but I don't think they're going to eliminate hotels. Because guess what? Right. I just went to a short-term rental conference, and guess where it was? It was at a hotel. <laughs> I mean, what like, are the odds, right? That's, that's, that's a tweet. Saying, it's like, no, we're in a hotel right now. So no, I don't think it's going to take over the industry. Yeah. I Y'all think- stay here. Right, we're all short term rental. They were like raising their hand. I mean, like they were raising their hand at, that they stayed at the hotel. So right. it's going, it's I think short term rentals are going to be here to stay. Um, right. but I think that hotels, you I, I don't think you'll be able to replace them. People having big yeah. conferences, you know, some people don't like staying at Airbnbs. Oh, for for sure. I've, yeah. had, I've had a couple of, of running experience with uh Airbnb. I mean, they they have their place, right? What I've learned about the, I think it's just decentralization of all, all things, whether it's media, whether it's this, it's what it does is it forces people who used to have somewhat of a monopoly, like they have to now get back to doing like better business, right? And it, and it ends up being better for the end consumer. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like, okay, well, when there wasn't such thing at Airbnb, the Hiltons, the Marriott's or whatever, they can really do whatever they want to do now. It's like, well, okay, we're, we're not going anywhere, but we got to we gotta put a little effort in it. We got to make sure that we're taking care of these people. And it ends up being better for uh, the end consumer. Creating new brands. I swear, if a hotel come up with another brand, I'm like, we do not need another brand. So it's confusing to you all. Imagine what it is to folks like us. It's a new brand. But to your point, the consumers right. are forcing the brands to create new brands so that way they won't stay at Airbnbs. Like mm-hmm. I think Marriott is another brand. I can't think of it. You can actually put your homes on Marriott.com and wow. rent it out through their system. So that's what I mean. They're starting to tap into that short-term rental space so right. that we can still get that, still, still, still get that reservation share. Should they have done yeah. this a long time ago? Yes. But when yeah. Airbnb first came out, they were like, oh, it'll fade. Little Airbnb. Right. Right. And look exactly. at and that's what, that's what exactly. this disruption, disruption 101. Right. So I, I, yeah, love so, it. I love it. So if y'all are getting a lot of sauce from this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or comment below. If you guys leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please put Devon's name in there because she's giving y'all all the sauce, all the game, and we appreciate you. Um, so I have a question pivoting back to like the numbers, right? Because I've purchased some businesses. Can you hear me? I would say, yeah, you're a numbers person. 
<laughs> I'm switching back to the numbers really quickly because I still don't want people to be too intimidated to get in. So I love that you have the option of, hey, I wrote the book, How to Buy a Hotel, but I also have my platform as well for crowdfunding. But kind of talking back to the book side of things and how to structure a deal, um, you mentioned SBA lending. So can you kind of talk through like high level how people finance? Because I know you can obviously use your own funds. You can maybe throw in some SBA in there. What does seller financing look like on the hotel? Because I know you're going to have like seller financing versus an actual um, land, like land loan. So can you kind of talk through like what the deals look like on average with those options? It's not too many seller financing deals. Um, probably could have got some more during COVID, uh, but probably not as much now. Um Seller is that is that just the facet of the turnaround with travel? Well, during COVID, you know, people weren't they they needed to pay their mortgage, so whatever it was just you were it was easier to negotiate. Like, okay, yeah. hey, I can give you this, I can give you that. So people are a little bit more flexible. I don't see as many seller financing deals as I did during COVID. Um, every you. deal is different, so I want to put that out there. Um, so I don't want people to be like, oh, I can use it. Every deal, literally, every single deal is different. Um. So uh, with SBA, you can put down, it's probably like 10 to 20%. Um, uh, I think it's a SBA 7, 7A, you can get up to like $5 million. You can, the loan can be up to $5 million. So that's what I would start off with, with your first hotel size, anything right. less than that. Um, sometimes you can reach out to local community banks, um, if, especially if they lend up to like, you know, three to five million. Um, hotels are complicated, right? So things that lenders look for, um, location, um, brand and operator. Those are like the three things that makes a hotel successful, right? So, because again, hotels are real estate. So what's important? What's the number one thing in real estate? Location. Location, location. There you go. So then you have the brand. Remember what we just talked about the brand? And then you have the operator. The operator is probably the, one of the biggest things. Because it could be a Hilton, it could be a Hyatt, but if you don't have a strong operator, and especially if you're a new person coming in, just think about it. You're going to the bank. Hey, I need about $5 million to own and operate <laughs> this hotel. But guess what? I ain't never worked in one. I ain't never owned one. So I'm just, I'm need you to just to cut this check. Real quick. I never even stayed one. <laughs> I never right. even stayed at one. So let me just cut that check real quick. Think about how that conversation is going to go. It's not going to go anywhere. But if you what's say, the, what's that reels audio? I'm not gonna be here for long. Um, that's exactly what they're gonna say. They're right. right. Uh, and that hotel ain't gonna be there for long either because you ain't gonna know what you're doing. But <laughs> those are the things that you need to look at. Having a strong right. operator. And even if you never operated a hotel, you bring in what you call a management company. Depending on the size of the hotel, you're bringing a management company. That's a property management company for a mm. family, right? So you'll come in, they'll come in, they'll manage the, the hotel for you, or you can bring in like an asset manager or a consultant or a really strong general manager that can operate that hotel. Then the mm -hmm. lender feels a little bit more comfortable. Think about so, it. Do you suggest having that person before you go talk to the bank? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it said you should get a health checkup at least once a year. My question is, when's the last time you had a financial health checkup? My guess, it's probably been a while, and that's why we created the Wealth Health Score. Whether you're financially out of shape or financially elite, the Wealth Health Score is going to tell you exactly where you stand and what things you can do to get into the best financial health possible. So visit MyWealthHealthScore.com to get your score today.
Yeah, if you, you, want, yeah, if you want bring them, them to, to call bring you, bring them to the office. Right. They're, they're right, right here. They bring their resume, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah bring their resume. You know what I mean? Right here. <laughs> I, I've, I've, where I've seen deals where the owner was a, a billionaire, like the person who was cutting the check was a legit billionaire, and they had issues getting the loan because they didn't have the right operator and they didn't have the right brand. So mm. I love folks who trying to start their own brand out of nowhere and they never worked in the hotel. They just got this concept and it's the best thing since sliced bread, but you need like five, $10 million. It ain't going to work. No, I love that you say that, but I love that you say that though, because I'll be honest, the internet has really glamorized being able to buy an established business. And I'm like, y'all, it's, it's kind of like the, the kid who comes out of college and has a good job and mom and dad have always paid for everything and they have zero credit and they try to go get a mortgage and they get denied because they have no credit history. Right. So I like that you said that. I think that's a good, good credit. You gotta have good credit. Yeah. Gotta have Sorry, good I, didn't, credit. I didn't say that, but yeah, you need. No, I, I, the reason I'm saying that because people meet to me be like, you know, I don't have good credit. And I'm like, so you want a bank to give you like five million dollars and you got bad credit? If that, that if they they won't give you a hundred thousand, they literally they really won't give you like you know what I mean. Right. So it's again, it's real estate. It's you're still dealing with lenders. You're still dealing with you know debt. So sometimes people, like you said, Instagram has kind of glossed over a lot of things. You know, no, it makes makes a ton of sense. So I, mean, the, I, always, I always tell people it's like you know credit, right? If you look at the word credibility, right? Yeah. What is inside of that word, right? Credit. You have to have good credit if you expect the lender to be able to um, loan you money. So I have a question. So let's say that someone's like, man, this is great. I want to own a hotel. Um, maybe maybe they, they want to go the route of like building their own from ground up or whatever the case may be, right? right? What is the threshold or the cutoff between when it's just a multifamily establishment, right? Because you, you see even, even see on Airbnb, that someone will have multiple doors inside of one place, right? Maybe they're doing rental arbitrage or something, but like they have multiple doors in one place. So what is that cutoff threshold to where this is now classified as a hotel versus you just happen to get five units or four units or whatever it is on one on one property and you're calling it a boutique hotel? Uh, that's that a good question. Sense? And it also depends yeah. on the let the your municipality too, because sometimes they label it, and then it may be instead of a hotel, it could be just considered a bed and breakfast because you probably have like six units or instead of you know, um, multifamily. It just probably de- depends on how it's zoned because there's some multifamilies like 400 units, so that probably uh, it's just more so how it's zoned with that municipality. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a hotel, and then also with the short term rentals. Again, with a lot of legislation that's coming out, they are mandating. I've heard where they're having short-term rentals with a certain amount of rooms. They have to be classified, you know, as a as some type of hotel. So again, I would yeah. check whatever whatever your legislation is in that area. Um, um, but as far as a hotel, I've seen hotels as low as like 10, 15 rooms. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. And so to your point about not getting into this business haphazardly and making sure you have the right operator, you understand, you know, where you're building and things of that nature. I'm imagining you being in the game um, for for a good little while that either you know, or maybe you offer these types of consulting services to to new and aspiring hotel owners. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what that looks like? Oh, yes. I don't consult anymore. Okay. I don't. I don't. I just just slow down. (laughs) So I connect. So that's why I have this platform. So we connect you. I am a, a uh, I, I have a, a, a mastermind program where I have coaches. 
So they'll be able to kind of work. And the level of detail that you need, I can connect you with actual consultants to kind of walk you through and handhold, you know, that way they can they can hold your hand. Um, because especially depending on what phase you were in, if you're mm-hmm. trying to develop a hotel from the ground up, you're going to need a lot of consultants. Mm-hmm. That is very expensive. So for my folks who want to develop, I'll be like, really? Like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. You sure um, about that? Yeah, it's a, little, it's a little pricey and it takes a long time. So a perfect, a perfect world, it'll probably take you like two years from the time you, you know, put in your like probably like two years from the time you like think about it and get everything zoned and everything from mm-hmm. the time you open the door. And that's in a perfect world. So a better bet would be like trying to find an existing building that you just uh-huh. remodel. Yeah, that's I think. Yeah. yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I think for our community, people who look like us, we don't realize that we don't have to start from the bottom. Like a lot of us are starting from the bottom because we're not inheriting a hotel, but you don't have to start from the bottom. And the fact that you literally go and develop your own hotel, you literally can start with something that is already cash flowing. So like you could buy a multi-million dollar business. Exactly. So, so that was going to be my question. What should, let's say somebody's going in with like, just two partners, kind of rough numbers. They buy a $5 million hotel. What should they expect to take home on an annual basis? Uh, that depends. All right. And you're going to hear me say that. I know. I so, know. It, it, because it depends on the type of hotel. So let's say you get a uh, a limited service, select service hotel. You probably. Which probably means get, no oh, restaurant. So, yeah. So that means no restaurant. So limited or select service means no, no restaurant. So let's say like a, a Hampton Inn or something like that. Right. It doesn't have a huh. restaurant probably the most recognizable. I have a home two suite, so that's considered an extended stay. So you probably bring in 20% down, probably 20 to 30% down um, to the bottom line. So meaning if you bring in a million dollars, you know, 200,000 is coming, um, depending on how many you, if you have any investors and your debt service, but this is the number I just gave you is probably before debt service. So probably about 20 to 30% prior to debt service. So, so that's a good, pro- that's a profit margin that people should be looking at. Cause we know when we're real estate, we look at comps, we look at what our rent's going to be. And then we get mortgage and factor out, all right, this is how much my, my profit is going to be. And then that's my profit margin. So you're saying go into the hotel space. If you run the numbers before you purchase, which you should, Right. 20 to 30 percent profit margin is what you that's for select or limited service. Gotcha. 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 I want to I want to luxury. I'm assuming it's going to be less than that because it's more expensive. There you go. And so but but you can also charge more. Right. Or is it it still not? So. So with luxury hotels, those are that's that's a different strategy. So those are for the people like more of institutional investors or people who just like to have stuff in their portfolio. They get the big check when they sell the hotel. Mm. Got it. You know what I'm saying? So they they may buy something for like a hundred million and in a couple of years they sell it for three hundred million. It's a different different strategy. It's so a different so, strategy. Yeah. And I think the way the, the average consumer can relate to it is almost like even in real estate, right? You might have some property where you know you're operating razor thin margins on the cash flow, right? But you're you're banking on the appreciation side, right? Exactly. Versus you might buy a property that has great cash flow. Right. And you, it may or may not, obviously it's going to appreciate, but you're not, that's not your purpose for getting in the deal. Your purpose for getting in the deal is cash flow. So it just depends upon it, it where you're at and what you're trying strategy. to get out of it. Yeah. So okay. like an extended, extended stay property. So the reason why extended stays are very profitable because people are typically saying for like five to seven days or maybe even more, they mm-hmm. don't need as much housekeeping service. 
and the labor mm. mile. So again, people are staying longer, but you don't have, you're not turning the rooms as much. Yeah. So you're looking probably like 30 to 40%. There are even it. some hotel models where you're bringing 60% profit margin. I like that. Makes sense. I love that. So it so- just, now, when you sell it, you're not going to get that big appreciate. You know, you're not going to get that much in equity because it's more of a cash flow play. So a, a smart strategy would be if you have a portfolio of hotels, have a mix of extended stay, limited service, have brands like Choice, Wyndham, and then Hyatt, Hilton, and, and, and Marriott. Those are you really get your money back when you sell it. Right. So Hyatt, Hilton, Marriott, IAG, you really, really, really get it when you sell it. Monthly cash flow people. Choice, Wyndham, Best Western, those are the brands that you, Motel 6, those are the brands that you want to look at. Right. So that's how you can create a diversified, it's, it's, it's like levels within levels, like creating a diversified hotel portfolio, right? Because most people just think about a diversified real estate portfolio, right? You got fix and flips, you got wholesale, you got this. We're talking about a diversified hotel portfolio, right? That's, that's love. That's genius. That's, that's, that's next level. So I have a question. In your opinion, We've got, so we've got outright hotel purchases. We've got the Vester platform, which is a crowdfunding platform to purchase hotels. And we've got like real estate investment trusts. Okay. In your opinion, does somebody who owns one or multiple of these, are they all a hotel owner? That is a very great question. So typically for you to be a hotel owner, um, you will be a general partner. So if you invest, there's what you call a limited partner, right? right? So you do have equity. So technically you do have ownership in that hotel. You're just a limited partner um, or a silent partner, meaning you're not taking on any of the risk, right? You're just investing. Right. You're just a capital partner and, and that's it, right? You're not on a franchise agreement, right? Then you have what we call the general partners or the people who are on a loan. That's typically like in loans, you have to think like be over 20%. Um, but general partners, you're taking on the risk, you're on a franchise agreement, you know, you're raising capital, you're putting a deal together. So if something happens to the hotel, you're at you're at risk. That's the difference between an owner and an, an, an investor or a general partner and a limited partner. The general partner has more risk associated. They put more, they put more equity, even if it's sweat, they put more into it as opposed to do it just a limited. And a general partner also has voting rights. Mm-hmm. Right. A limited part. Like, I'm not going to go to my to, to the limited partners and be like, hey, what do y'all think I should do? By the time the, the decision has already been made and y'all, this is what's happening. Like, this is what y'all invested in and y'all just have to go with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's and that's you have to look at who you are as a person. Right. Like if you just want to invest in and key and just look at the returns that you'd be limited partner because you can only lose what you put in. Right. Yeah. So if it goes south and you only put twenty thousand dollars, that's all you got to lose. But general partner. You could be responsible for that loan. And if somebody gets sued, if somebody does something stupid, like, so I think people need to be strategic when they go into these deals, knowing what type of risk tolerance do you want to take on from a, a monetary standpoint and from a, you know, just putting yourself on the line standpoint. So I think, you know, there's different strokes for different folks, but I love the fact that anybody can get in based off what they want out of the deal versus, you know, responsibility and monetary wise. I love it. I love it. So the so moving back to the first category, which is hotel ownership outright, general partner. Can you walk us through what day one of like you signed the contracts and everything for your first hotel? And then what did day one look like? Full day one, you got the keys. What was that kind of experience? 
Well, so you know, I'm gonna say the word depends because it depends. So I have my, so my, my, my investment thesis, I have to have a management company. Yeah. So what was your, what was your experience? So my experience is I was in Atlanta because the management company handed that gift <laughs> that I pay them for. There you go. Hey, so, I love that. <laughs> that was my, I, that's, yeah, that was like. So you went there for like the ribbon cutting of the first day? Oh, no, nah, people don't be doing it. No, the only time you really do a uh, ribbon cutting is when it's like a, you develop in the hotel and you breaking ground. Got it. But if you just re- remodeling or revamping just, or taking, it, taking ownership. Yeah. If you name it the Jackie, you got to do another ribbon cutting. Now, stuff like that. Of course, you make it a whole yeah. thing. Like if I was developing, it would be a whole thing. You know, the Jackie girls, the whole, the red carpet, all that other type of stuff. But right. you're just buying something. It's just like, it's literally, you literally like a flip of the switch. And it's like, yeah. Right. I, I love that you say that because especially when I got started in like buying businesses, I wanted to, I would look at it and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I could do this. It would look so cute. We can fix it like this and do. And then like my partner was like, yo, that's not what we're doing. Like we're here for a return. You're not going to be here. That, that, unless it's going to make us more money, we're not doing it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Be. And then my hotel right. it was in Arena. Like, I mean, we brought a lot of attention. To it. it was just like, now I did. You know, we went there, met the employees and stuff like that. But you know, took yeah. hands, kiss babies, got out of the gym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love and, that. I, and, and I go see my properties every quarter. Okay, so. gotcha. Do you like do you do like the secret secret shopper? Like they don't know oh, you, no, the owner. Know. You just no, they know. I know. I know. It's a big. Yeah, it's a big. Yeah, it's a big deal when we come. Now, right, big boss coming through. Yeah, yeah. When we um now sometimes if I like need to like visit the dude, like, you know, for personal reasons, I'll come I'm like, hey, I'm coming. I'm still gonna be looking. But when we we go, we we go for our quarterly meetings. Um, we talk, we talk to the property all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's what the day looks like. We talk to the property a lot, talking to the management company. So as my job, I'm an internal asset manager, right? So managing the asset on behalf of the owners and the investors. The management company, they're just Think of it as a nanny for your for your child. They're just managing the day-to-day operations. I'm thinking about, okay, what's gonna happen at the end of the year? Like, how can we mitigate this shortfall? How can we repos- how can we reposition this hotel for when it's time to sell it? Do we want to sell it now? Do we want to sell it then? Do we want to keep it as this flag? You know, so that's what I those mm-hmm. are the type of things that I think about. Um, and that's what owners think about. Awesome. Awesome. Now that's that's amazing. Um, but to answer we- your question, Jackie, because I didn't answer. So literally what they're doing, they're training the staff. They're coming in. They're changing everything. A lot of times what happened, the management companies are coming like two to three weeks before to kind of walk through everything, to take inventory, to see to see what needs to be done. Um, they'll give you a checklist um, and then they'll train all the employees or they'll bring their new employees. Um, they'll get all their systems in place. Um and they'll, they'll and that's what you're paying for. Makes sense. Period. Period. So on the generational wealth tip, I know you have a lovely young one at the house. One, right? One. Oh no, he's three. Oh, that's right. You met him. Yeah. Uh huh. I was probably chasing him. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. He was active. <laughs> Little baby gets active for sure. <laughs> but on the tip of generational wealth, and you were talking about how people who look like us, you know, we don't, we haven't had a lot of generational wealth and things being passed down how do you look at that in your family uh definitely trust three i'm looking at three generations uh creating three generational trust um and i didn't really think about that and my grandma kept she always told me to keep at least because i was gonna sell her house and she's like no davon you always got to keep one paid off house in the family because you never know who's gonna need it so that's what Mm -hmm. I, i really wasn't it wasn't like passing it for wealth it was just like you know you know grandmas they just want their kids to have a place to stay 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's paid off. Just pay, just keep up the taxes, Davon. I'm not asking for much. That's pretty much what she said. Well, I was going to sell it because where it's located, I don't want to go visit. But then when I saw my little one running around, I, like what I was doing at his age, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what my grandma meant. So now I'm thinking about, okay, what can I do for the children that I'm never going to meet? Like, what am I going to do for my dad's last name? Right. What am I going to do that they they sacrifice so much to get me to where I am now? What can I do to keep their legacy going? So, you know, I want to have a paid off hotel in the family. You know, I want to buy a whole bunch of land like land is it, you know, buy as much land as I possibly can and keep that. And not only keep but teach my son how to keep it like I Mm -hmm. I realized that wasn't really taught that much to me about retaining the wealth. Like, okay, Davon, this is this. And this is how you can make it grow and keep it in a family. So my goal is like, okay, Jameer, this is yours. This is your last name. This is what you need to be working for. So that way he understands it so he can build it. And what I work for, he won't lose it. Like, I don't want to be doing all this work and then you lose it. Facts. That's a whole fact. Yeah. That's a whole fact. You know, and here on the Melanin Money Show, right, like, our goal uh, over the next decade is to help 100,000 people of color achieve their first $1 million in net worth, right? So that we can decrease the wealth gap by $100 billion in 10 years. And so whether someone is an aspiring melanin millionaire or their current melanin millionaire, we always like to ask our guests the question, what does being a melanin millionaire mean to you? I love that. For well, one, that's so beautiful. Y'all want to create a whole bunch of accredited investors. I love it. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> investors, I love it. Yes. Um, what that means, uh, to me, I think it, I mean, it's beautiful. I think that that's something that you all are going to be able to do. Cause I love what you're doing. And I think what it will do, what it, it would, it's, it's helped changing the mindset, right? It's helped changing the mindset of what our ancestors, when everybody else had to go through is like, okay, you know what? Y'all get it. This is what we work for. They not up in heaven crying at us. <laughs> we didn't do what they died for. Right. Um, so, I mean, that, 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 that's what it means to me is means more opportunity because a lot of the best deals and the most profitable deals, deals, they're only available to those with that type of network. Mm-hmm. Right. So in order for us to really build wealth and deal the, like deal with wealth, not just being rich, but being wealthy, it's a difference between being rich and it's a difference between wealthy. And what you're talking about is being wealthy. So that way you can pass something through generation to generation. Absolutely, man. This has been phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you so much. Not every day you get to talk to a hotel owner. You know what I mean? Um, so we, we appreciate it. Come hang it. with me. I can introduce y'all to a lot of them. Hey, say, say, say <laughs> less. We, we try to get some hotels too. You know, we went, we went in on this. Um, but uh, where can people tap in with you, right? Because obviously I know this podcast was great and people got a lot of gems. They probably rewinding it right now as they're listening to it and taking notes and all that good stuff. But how can they tap in so they can kind of keep the, the education going? And if they want to start their hotel uh, acquisition journey, right? They, they know where to tap in. How can they follow you and all that good stuff? I'm on Instagram at Davon Reeves and my website, uh, thevongroup.com. So everything is on there. And then my crowdfunding platform, Vester. So that's how you can connect with me. Well, there you have it, folks. If you ever wanted to own a hotel, now you can't say that you don't have access to the resources on how to do just that. Well, guys, another great episode of the Melanin Money Show. We appreciate you for tuning in. Again, if you love this episode, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube that you subscribe. Leave a comment if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a five-star review and let her know how appreciative you are for coming on and bringing this valuable game um, and and, and sharing her time. But other than that, we appreciate you guys. Till next time. Peace. Peace.
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.